Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Hey, welcome to Israel and You. I'm your host, Aaron David Free, and it's so good to be with you today. And we've got some exciting events coming up in the state of Alabama, and we invite everybody uh, in this region to come and join with us. Uh, the first event will be at Cottage Hill Baptist Church in Mobile, Alabama on April 26th at 7 o'clock p.m. And this is a night to honor Israel and the Jewish people. Uh, the mayor of Mobile, Alabama will be with us, uh, the rabbis uh, from uh, different congregations uh, in Mobile will be with us. And then there's beautiful music in Hebrew. And our special guest speaker is Coach Bruce Pearl from Auburn University. He's the coach of the Auburn uh, men's basketball, the Auburn Tigers. And Bruce is, of course, Jewish. And he'll be speaking about uh, the rise of anti-Semitism and the importance of Christians standing with their Jewish friends in this time of growing anti-Semitism. So it's just going to be a great night. Uh, there'll be a book signing. Uh, Coach Pearl will be signing our new book. He wrote a chapter in Israel Team's new book entitled The Casualty of Contempt. And if you'd like to come and meet Coach Pearl and uh, support uh, our Jewish friends in Mobile, be with us on April 26th. It's a Monday night at Cottage Hill Baptist Church in Mobile, Alabama. And then three nights later, uh, uh, April 29th in Auburn, Alabama, next to Auburn University at Lakeview Baptist Church. Uh, Coach Pearl will be speaking again. And again, it's a night to honor Israel and the Jewish people. And Pastor Al Jackson has uh, gracefully opened the doors of his church, as has Pastor Alan Floyd in Mobile at Cottage Hill. So join with us on either one of those two nights or both nights, Cottage Hill Baptist, April 26th, Monday night uh, in Mobile, Alabama, and then Lakeview Baptist, April 29th in uh, Auburn, Alabama, for a night to honor Israel and the Jewish people with Coach Pearl. And, and anyone is, is welcome. Some people say, well, maybe I'm not in the SEC, or maybe I'm an Alabama fan, or an Ole Miss fan, or a Florida Gators fan. We accept all fans, all teams. You're all welcome in these events uh, to honor the Jewish people and Israel. So you might be asking, why should I support the Jewish people? Why should I be a supporter of Israel in, in my life, in my generation? Well, supporting Israel is an expression of your worship to the living God. Loving Jewish people and their promised land is an expression of worship because it is loving what God loves. The Jewish people, according to the scripture, are the apple of God's eye. The Bible says that Israel and the Jewish people are the apple of God's eye in Zechariah chapter 2, verse 8. The phrase, the apple of the eye, in the Bible is a metaphor, really, about what God cherishes. The apple of the eye is the pupil of the eye and is the most sensitive part of that organ. It is sensitive to touch. Just think for a moment your reaction if someone tried to poke their finger into your eye. 
This is why Zechariah the prophet proclaims, For he who touches you, Israel, touches the apple of his eye. So we worship the attributes of God. Uh, He has revealed to us, and one of those strong attributes and characteristics of God is wisdom. And our worship flows out of our trust in God. And because the Jewish people are worthy of God's love, esteemed by God, and dearly loved by him, then to love and esteem the Jewish people unconditionally is to honor the wisdom of God's choice by loving whom God loves and esteeming whom God esteems. We also worship God because he is a covenant-keeping God. And our worship of God is based on a covenant. Supporting Israel and the Jewish people is to affirm that we worship a covenant-keeping God. The land of Israel was given to Abraham and his Jewish descendants through a covenant. God swore two irrevocable and unconditional oaths to Abraham. Number one, to bless or redeem the world through Abraham's family. That's in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. And to give the promised land of Canaan to Abraham and his descendants as an everlasting possession. That's in Genesis 17, verse 8. And there's some people today that will say that Israel is just occupying someone else's land. The land does not belong to them. But God gave it to Israel as an everlasting possession. And if you look up that uh, word everlasting in the dictionary, you know what it means? It means everlasting. It means time immortal that God has given this land uh, to Israel forever and ever and ever. And if the land of Israel does not belong to the Jewish people, then we have no foundation in which to worship God because he ceases to be true to his word. He would be a, a covenant breaker, but God is a covenant keeper and he's kept his covenant with Israel to bless and redeem the world through Abraham's family and to give them this land of Israel as an everlasting possession. Supporting Israel affirms our God-ordained relationship with the Jewish people. And by embracing the Jewish people relationally and covenantally, we strategically place ourselves in the eternal story of God. And see, you and I, We're part of God's story. Whether you're Jew or Gentile, you are part of God's story. God's ultimate purpose was through the Jewish people uh, to bring a Messiah who would be a light of revelation to the nations of the world that he might bring all the nations to himself. So in Israel uh, and through the Jewish people, we become part of God's eternal story. And in Israel, we see ourselves and God. Think about this. That when Israel sinned, you know, in, in all their Old Testament experience of, of walking with God, they would often sin. And as a result of their sin, they would be scattered uh, to the nations, uh, you know, the Babylonian captivity and so on because of their sin. But God, in the midst of Israel's sin, there was mercy and there was grace and there was forgiveness that flowed. And so in their scattering, one day God would regather them back to their land. And that regathering is happening again today as God is bringing his chosen people from the four corners of the earth 
back to the land of Israel. And so the, the Bible is a story of God's redemptive plan and redemptive purposes about his mercy and his grace. And so we see in Israel, uh, we see ourselves and we see God. So the Bible, I always like to say, is a story of three suppers. You can sum up the entire Bible. It's a story of three suppers. First, there's the Passover supper where the Jewish people, they're in bondage in Egypt. God hears their cry as he's heard your cries. He's heard my cry when we're suffering. He heard their cry and he sends 10 plagues to deliver them out of the bondage of Egypt. And they're set free. That last plague of death over the firstborn of all of Egypt. God sees the blood the Jews had painted over the doorpost of their homes, the blood of the lamb, and the death angel passed over them. In the same way, in the Christian tradition, we believe, according to New Testament scripture, that Jesus is our Passover lamb. And uh, he has painted the blood his own blood over the doorpost of our hearts. And as a result, he has forgiven us as we call upon the name of Jesus and repent of our sins. He has forgiven us of our sins. So the first supper is the Passover supper. We see ourselves. Uh, the Christian church can see themselves in that Passover tradition. The Passover supper is Jesus as the Passover lamb. Then the second supper is the last supper. It was the last supper that Jesus celebrated with his disciples. And then there's a third supper that we'll all celebrate in heaven. It's called the marriage uh, feast or the marriage supper of the Lamb. And so the Bible is this wonderful story of, of through sin, God comes and he redeems and he restores. Though we may be scattered, though we may be living in bondage, we can see ourselves in Israel's story because God delivered them from bondage, set them free and restored them to their own land. So Israel's story of survival, we can see ourselves in that as well. Remember, Pharaoh tried to destroy uh, the Jewish people. He oppressed them. Then the Amalekites, as they left Egypt after 400 years of slavery, the Amalekites attacked the weakest link of the tribe of Israel as they uh, departed out of Egypt. Then Haman in the book of Esther tried to annihilate all the Jewish people in all the world. Then Antiochus Epiphanes in the intertestamental period, Antiochus uh, came and oppressed the Jewish people. The Romans had their turn in, in oppressing the Jewish people. Then along came Hitler and tried to wipe out all the Jews in Europe, murdered six million. And today we have another Hitler, uh, the uh, supreme leader of Iran, who is trying and calling for the total annihilation of the Jewish people. But miraculously, in all these events, God delivered his people, uh, the Jewish people. And so we can see ourselves in that same story, that though we may go through heartache, though we may go through times of struggle, uh, the Lord comes and he sets us free and he brings us into a new place. He not only delivers us, but he also enlarges uh, the borders of our influence. And so you and I, we support Israel because we see ourselves in Israel's story. And the chosenness of Israel has caused so much confusion uh, for Christians, especially in this day when we're, we're seeing this uh, idea of replacement theology uh, come back full circle after the Holocaust. Replacement theology teaches that God has rejected the Jewish people, 
They're no longer the chosen people. There's a jealousy that drives this theology. It's being taught in seminaries. It's being taught in churches today. And that theology is what I believe is a modern-day heresy. And the solution to overcoming the fear of not being chosen is to find out who you really are. And so Christians today who adopt that replacement theology uh, have come to believe that, you know, if Israel's chosen, that means that they are not chosen. But discovering your identity is the key to overcoming the fear of not being chosen. And you might be wondering what the word chosen has to do with Israel. Well, the word chosen is, in fact, the key to understanding Israel's identity in God and her relationship with the church. And the word chosen is, in fact, the key to understanding the church's identity in God and her relationship with Israel. You will never know who you are in Christ or who Christ is in you until you discover the truth that you have been chosen and why God has chosen you. And in regards to the church's relationship with Israel, the issue of Israel being chosen as God's special people has caused unnecessary confusion within the hearts of Christians for nearly 2,000 years. The line of thinking is, if Jews have been chosen by God, then Christians must be second-class citizens. The powers of darkness have created a false narrative concerning God's calling upon Israel, resulting in a sense of heartfelt rejection within many Christians over the issue of God's choice of the Jewish people. And the question is, how are Christians supposed to relate to the nation of Israel and the Jewish people? Does this relationship have anything to do with our identity in Christ? If the Jews who are the chosen people, where does this leave our standing in Christ? Well, we've got to go back to the beginning, to the beginning of the story of God's chosenness. And it all started with a choice. God made a covenant with Abraham. And it says in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So God started relating to people by establishing a covenant with Abraham and became known as the father of faith. Abraham's act of faith in following God to the land he promised him opened the passageway for all of Abraham's descendants through his promised son Isaac to walk in God's blessing in the land of promise, Israel. When the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob became a nation, many years later, God ratified the covenant he made with Abraham by choosing Israel and setting her apart from all the other nations of the earth. And we'll pick up on this idea of chosenness after this break, but I encourage you to help us in these events because we're we're reaching out now, we're expanding our borders, and we're standing with Israel with God's chosen people in these nights to honor Israel. And during the break, I'll show you how you can help support these wonderful events to support Israel. Recently, my wife Sharon and I went to the Jewish Film Festival and we viewed a film entitled A City Without Jews. It was based on a book by the Jewish writer Hugo Bater back in 1922. And he wrote about a fictitious city, which was actually Vienna, Austria, and said that Uh, The Jews were being forced and persecuted out of the city and driven on trains. And 14 years later, 
Uh, it actually happened. Uh, Hitler came in and he drove all the Jews from Vienna into the death camps. The next morning after we viewed this film, my wife said to me, I wonder what our city would be like without Jews. And as we compared notes, we realized that the Jewish community had done so much to bless our city. It was a Jewish philanthropist that built the cancer center. Uh, the universities in town were largely uh, funded by the Jewish community. The arts and museums were funded by the Jewish community. And so Israel team, based on this whole concept of honoring our Jewish friends uh, in our city, uh, we're establishing this program called A Night to Honor the Jewish People and Israel. Our first event will be at Cottage Hill Baptist Church on April 26th in Mobile, Alabama. Coach Bruce Pearl, head men's basketball coach of Auburn University, will be the keynote speaker. And then in Auburn, Alabama, on April 29th at 7 p.m. at Lakeview Baptist Church, again, Coach Pearl will be the keynote speaker. You can help us in these events to provide security and protection for the Jewish community that will be attending. You can go to IsraelTeam.org, and for a gift of $25 or more, we'll send you our book, two-minute warning that I co-wrote with Coach Bill McCartney of Promise Keepers. This book talks about three coming revolutions coming to our world based on Israel. Go to IsraelTeam.org. That's the donate section at IsraelTeam.org. Thank you for standing with the Jewish people. This is Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Hey, welcome back to Israel and You, and we're talking about God's chosenness of Israel. And God, when he chose Israel, it was not based on their personal merit or on their own righteousness. It says in Deuteronomy 7, 6-7, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who were on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you for you were the fewest of all people. And so what God says there is, it's not because you were the greatest, it was because the Lord set his love upon you and chose you. It was because of God's love for you. And so the word God uses for love in this scripture, in Deuteronomy 7, 7 through 8, is has a profound meaning. And uh, the word for love in Hebrew is ahava. Say that with me, Ahava. And if you've ever been in Israel, and if you haven't, I really encourage you to go. I know that American Family Association, they, they do trips uh, generally every year. And uh, you'll go down to the Dead Sea, and there's this wonderful factory. It's called Ahava. And it's, uh, you know, skin lotion and everything from the, from the Dead Sea, sea salts and that kind of thing you can purchase. And uh, all the tour buses stop there at the Ahava factory. And what does Ahava mean in Hebrew? It means love, Ahava. And in the Hebrew language, letters have two components, a pictograph and a meaning. And the Hebrew word for love, Ahava, has three letters, olive, hay, and bait. Olive, what is the pictograph? The picture is of an ox head, a sacrificial ox. And the meaning of Aleph is sacrifice. The second letter in Ahava is hay. The pictograph of hay is a picture of an open window. And the meaning of this little letter hay is the breath or wind or spirit of God blowing through the open window 
of a person's soul. And the third letter is bait. And the picture graph of bait is a picture of a foundation of a house. And the meaning is house or family. So when God says, I chose Israel, not because of her own merit, her own greatness, or her own numbers as a great nation. I chose her simply because I ahavet her. I loved her. And so what is God saying? Here's what he's saying in Deuteronomy 7, 7 through 8. I did not choose you because you were a great people. You were actually the smallest group of people on the planet. I set my love upon you, and I chose you to be my treasured possession simply because I love you. And I desire to lay my life down for you. That's that's uh, the little letter Aleph with the, the picture graph of an ox head, sacrifice. I desire to lie, lay my life down for you in sacrifice. Breathe my spirit through the open window of your soul and make you into a family where I can build my house, uh, temple in the Old Testament, and dwell with you in relationship. So the second reason God chose Israel, according to the scripture, was born out of loyalty. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord has set his love upon you. For you were the fewest of all people, but it's because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers. So God made a covenant with Abraham that he would bless him and his descendants. And when his descendants became a nation, God renewed his covenant with them and chose them to be a Part and set apart people, fulfilling the promise he made with Abraham in Genesis 12, 2 through 3. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Out of love and loyalty, God chose Israel to be a servant priest nation to all the other nations of the earth. Israel was chosen as a servant priest nation. It says in Genesis 22 verse 18, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. In Exodus 19, 6, God says, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And then in Psalm 2 verse 6 and 8, as for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance. So Israel was chosen as a servant priest nation uh, to bring blessing to the entire world. And so God has made a distinction. Uh, he makes, uh, he plays no favorites, but he does make distinctions. He's made a distinction between light and darkness, male and female, the Sabbath day and the other six days of the week, righteousness and unrighteousness, the holy and the common. And he has made a distinction between Israel and all the other nations of the earth. Just as God chose the tribe of Levi to be the priestly tribe to the other 11 tribes of Israel, so God chose Israel to be the priestly nation that would bring spiritual blessing to all the other nations of the earth. God's distinct choice of Israel was meant to bring blessing to the people of the earth rather than inspire a sense of jealousy or rejection within them. And so the Old Testament declares that the future Messiah would come out of Israel and be a blessing to all the nations. In Isaiah 49, 6, it says, Indeed, he says, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will bring also give you as a light 
to the nations, to the Gentiles, that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. So Israel uh, would bring forth the Messiah and be a blessing to all the nations. And so if you are a, a Christian listening to this program today, you should thank God for the state of Israel, the nation of Israel, because out of that nation was born the Messiah, your Messiah, Jesus, that brought blessing to the entire earth. And so this this should not cause confusion within Christians over the chosenness of Israel. God chose them to be a servant priest nation, to be a blessing to you. And if you were born again uh, as a believer in Jesus, God has also chosen you in the same way that he chose Israel. And you can say with me right now, I am chosen. You see, Israel was chosen for a distinct purpose, but the nations have been chosen for a distinct purpose because God loved you, not because of your own merit, because of your own righteousness, or because of your own works. God chose you for the same reason he chose Israel, out of his love for you and out of the oath that he made with Abraham. Jesus proved that God's Ahava for Israel was meant for the nations as well, was meant for you as well. This little word, Aleph, uh, which the first letter in the, the word love in Hebrew, God loves you just as he loves Israel. Yes, there's a distinct purpose for Israel and there's a distinct purpose for the nations. So Aleph, it, the, the word, means sacrifice. Did Jesus ever fulfill this word for you? Yes, First uh, John or John, First uh, John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus laid his life down for us. So Jesus came to be a sacrifice for the world. And John 3.16, for God so loved, what's the word there in Hebrew? Ahava. God so ahavad. He loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So God loves uh, Israel. God loves the nations in the same way. He ahavas the nations. He ahavas the world. And then the second letter in the word ahavad, Ahava is hey, which means an open window. We see this in Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. So the Lord is looking for the open window of your soul that he might breathe in his His love, his spirit, his ruach, his, his breath, his fire, his wind into the open window of your soul. And then uh, the letter bait. Again, these are the letters from the word Ahava, love, Aleph, Hay, and Bait. Bait means house or family. Uh, the pictograph is the foundation of a home. Jesus fulfills this in John fourteen twenty three. Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will Ahava him, love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Again, it's fulfilled in John 14, uh, 
two through three. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. So God chose Israel out of Ahava. He chooses the nations out of Ahava, out of Ahava love. So this should clear up any confusion we have over the chosenness of the nations. It should remove any jealousy Christians might have towards uh, the Jewish people that they're chosen and we're not. The Bible says in, in the New Testament that we are a chosen uh, people, a holy nation. So every Christian listening to this program today, remember this, you have been chosen because of the love of God, the Ahava of God for you. I encourage you to go to our website, israelteam.org, and you can order this book, Two Minute Warning, Why It's Time to Honor Jewish People Before the Clock Runs Out. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.